Good morning. Hey, y'all. Good morning. Amen. <laughs> good morning. Hey, hello. If you're watching, good morning to you. We're glad that you are uh, that you're watching. We're glad that you're here. If you've chosen to be in the Lord's house, we um, we have a few, and the announcements have been scrolling. So I hope you've been watching that. If you have not yet purchased your items for July, the item is uh, toiletries of some sort. I've been posting that in our. Um, our newsletter of specific things, but uh, please do make sure that you're bringing those. If you are already ahead, uh, you may have brought some some school supplies. I know I have because they're on sale right now, fifty cent for uh, for a little notebook. So there there are all sorts of sales going on. So now's a perfect time to buy school supplies to buy those things. You just cannot buy any liquid glue because they can't go. Nothing liquid can go into the boxes. So. Any other things are, are great ideas. Also, next Sunday is First Sunday Meal. Make sure that you are here. If you're watching right now, you need to be at First Sunday Meal. Okay? And you need to bring an item that starts with the first letter of your first name. Okay? Thanks. So, uh, also, tomorrow, if you are planning to go to the, to the senior camp meeting, please let Brother Joyner know. Yes, please let him know if you're watching. We're not able to be here today for some reason, but you're planning to go tomorrow. It's uh, be here at 10 o'clock, and they're going to go over there at 1030. And if you're planning to, please let him know so that um, he won't wait around for you. If, you. if you're coming, then he'll wait. But if not, then you head on to the uh, to church. So keep that in mind. Any other announcements, we will certainly let you know. Um, I know two cat stories in a row but bless it um the cat i don't know t last night and and this morning he was just having uh, bless him he he does not like it when doors are closed and he kept scratching at the door the 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 air conditioner would come on and it would suck the door shut the the bedroom door it would suck the door shut and he'd He'd scratch on the door wanting to get out and would have to get up and open the door and let him out and then it would suck the door shut again and he'd be out in the hallway scratching on the door wanting to come in and it was just, I don't know how many times, back and forth, back and forth, like, oh my golly, this is so aggravating. And this morning he was doing the same thing and then when I was in the bathroom trying to get ready, you know, I was fixing hair and doing makeup and he just kept scratching he would scratch the door and I'd open it up and close the door back and he'd he'd eat a couple of nibbles and then he'd go back to the door and scratch to get out and it was really aggravating I thought what is the problem with you and then I thought I'm <laughs> I'm not nearly as gracious and loving as the Lord because the Lord wants us to keep coming to him you know, he wants us to any time at all. And if we if we talked to him five minutes ago, he still wants to hear from us again. So I just, um, Lord, help us all to be a little more patient uh, and understanding. Because as we come to him, he, he draws near to us. Amen. 
listening this morning and go to the Lord in prayer. Ask him to have his will in the service. Heavenly Father, we thank you. You are good to us and we thank you. We praise you for all that you do and all that you are. God, we lift you up and we bless your holy name. God, you are greater and better and, and, and bigger than we can imagine, God, and you can do greater and bigger things in us than we can imagine and we're thankful. God, I just ask you that you would have your will and your way in this place. God, that there is no one who is here by accident, but we are each here to receive from you. God, I pray that, that you would touch each and every heart, each person who has come in, that they would receive from you today. Each person who is watching, I pray that they would feel your presence and your spirit with them. God, I pray that everything that is said and done today would honor you. God, that you would be lifted up and blessed through everything that we do. God, I pray that you would lift burdens and that you would just heal hearts and mend and bring restoration. God, I just ask that your will would be done for us. God, because we've come in with burdens and cares and there are things that, that are on our hearts and we just ask you to to erase those things right now, God, that we could be able to focus on you and bring you the worship that you deserve. We thank you, we praise you for all that you do and all that you are. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. When all I see is the battle, you see the victory. When all I see is a mountain, you see a mountain moved. And as I walk through the shadow, your love surrounds me. There's nothing to fear now, for I am safe with you. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees, with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you, and every fear I lay at your feet, I'll sing through the night. Oh, God, the battle belongs to you. And if you are for me, who can be against me? For Jesus, there's nothing impossible for you. When all I see are the ashes, you see the beauty. When all I see is the cross, God, you see the empty tomb. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh, God, the battle belongs to you, and every fear I lay at your feet, I'll sing through the night. Oh, God, the battle belongs to you. Almighty fortress, you go before us.
Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadows. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. Almighty fortress, you go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadows, you win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. An almighty fortress, you go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadows, you win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees. With my hands lifted high, oh God, the battle belongs to you. And every fear I lay at your feet, I'll sing through the night. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. And oh God, the battle belongs to you. So good with every breath. 
of the goodness of God. Your goodness is running. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now and give you everything. Cause your goodness is running after. It's running after me. And your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now and give you everything. Cause your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Cause all my life you have been faithful And all my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able Oh, I'm gonna sing of the goodness of God Oh, all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, oh, I'm going to sing of the goodness of God. Oh, I'm going to sing of the goodness of God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you have been so good to us. Lord, we praise your holy name. You are so good, God. So good. Thank you, Jesus. The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Because the God I serve knows only how to triumph. My God will never fail. My God will never fail. I'm going to see your victory, I'm going to see your victory, for the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm going to see your victory, I'm going to see your victory, for the battle belongs to you, Lord. There's power in the 
mighty name of Jesus. Every war he wages, he will win. So I'm not backing down from any giants. Cause I know how this story ends. Yes, I know how my story ends. I'm gonna see your victory. I'm gonna see your victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see your victory. I'm gonna see your victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see your victory. Oh, I'm gonna see your victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see your victory. I'm gonna see your victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. Do it, Lord. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good, you turn it for good. I'm gonna see your victory, I'm gonna see your victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see your victory, I'm gonna see your victory. For the battle belongs to my Lord. I'm gonna see your victory. I'm gonna see your victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see your victory. I'm gonna see your victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. So you take, you take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. Yes, you turn it for good. 
take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. Hallelujah. Praise his holy name today. He is good. turns it for good. Amen. Satan may have meant it to cause harm to you, but thank God the Lord turns it around. Praise God. Hallelujah. When we get to get to glory, we can ask Joseph about that. He knows a lot about that. Praise the Lord. You know who that is? That's me. That's me. Um, Gretchen may have made you a picture and give you a picture. That's me. Hot dog right now. Praise the Lord. And Gretchen will also make sure that you get one of these if you don't have it. Amen. And it just keeps us up to date, reminding us of our uh, mission and of our vision. Thank God. And we need to keep that in mind at all times. The Lord is good. Hallelujah. And we think about that mission and, and salvation is the first one of that souls. And, and I mentioned a few weeks ago for us to uh, try to get to two people and tell them Jesus loves you. Try to reach them that they may come to know Jesus as Savior. Is it your neighbor? Is it your cousin? Is it a member of your family that needs to know about Jesus loves you and he can save? Amen. Then the second one is an O. It's ongoing development. That's what we're speaking a little bit about today. That we used to remember scripture and, and memory verses and, and maybe read some chapters. It wouldn't be a bad thing that this coming week we'd read two chapters along with our daily uh, meditation and and what we do. Two chapters. Now, if you make one of those Psalm 117, you need to make the other one Psalm 119. And Brother Mike, what that's about is uh, Psalm 117 has two verses. Oh, that's, that's, that's taking the easy way out. So then flip over a couple of chapters to 119, and that has 176. Some of the memory verses that we have over the years, uh, what I have always called the uh, golden text of the Old Testament, is in Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked way, then will I hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Now we all know of the golden text of the Bible. We say it so, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Sometimes we need to look at the verse above and or below 
The verse below that, verse 17, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved. Amen. Jesus is not condemning me and you, but He's just trying to reveal our sin that we'd ask forgiveness and He will forgive us. Then Jennifer came along um, about a year ago with a great verse in, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Psalm 19 is first, isn't it, sister? Psalm 19, 14 is first. I am so sorry. And that's the verse that we do remember. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Then Jennifer's scripture was Colossians 3 and 16. And that says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. <clears throat> and that we would be uh, sing with grace in our hearts to the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you. Oh, these are good memory verses. Attach them to our fifth rib and keep them there because God is so good. Isn't God good to us? Amen. God is so good, and I love Him. I appreciate all He's doing in my life. Maybe you have a, a just a, a short testimony that you'd praise the Lord just a moment for what God is doing in your life. Is it good? Okay, I see a shake in the head, but I didn't know if you were going to praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. God is, Sister Powell, is God good? All the time good to you? Blessed you many times? Isn't that good? The Lord is so good, isn't he? Amen. I'd like for you to look at a few scriptures here, and she's going to sort of, I think we'll have them scrolled up there, but let you uh, try to write them down. And if you don't, then watch it later and get it down. And try to put these uh, in your memory bank as well. Second uh, Peter 1 and 21 um, talks about how the Scripture came. Not in uh, old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost. Then Second uh, Timothy 3.16, uh, all Scripture is given by inspiration. Of God, and it is uh, good for uh, uh, doctrine. It's good for reproof. It's good for correction. Uh, it's good for instruction and the righteousness. Praise God! And 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 in the Old Testament, Ezra just prepared his heart to uh, uh, seek after the law of God and to do it and to teach all of Israel. That's in Ezra seven and ten. And uh, praise God, we'll give you some more verses later on. Isn't it marvelous that God gives us His Word? And that Word can attach to us, and we can have ongoing development. We're learning more about what God is saying. And then we talk back to Him whenever we pray. Boy, God wants a good conversation, don't He? Amen. Adam, where are you? It was the words that God cried out because He wanted some fellowship. He wanted some good, intimate time with, with Adam. 
and uh, Adam was hiding. But God wants us to have fellowship with him. Amen. Hallelujah. And one verse that we're keeping to is that in, in Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Amen and amen. Verse 2 is uh, uh, missed there, but he says, My soul shall make her boast in the Lord, and the humble shall hear of it, and they shall be blessed, and they shall love God. Isn't it amazing? Then he said, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Everybody, let's, oh, could you just say praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. About two more times, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now the Word of God teaches us that He inhabits our praise. So when we praise, guess where He is? He's right in the middle of it. Amen. I praise you, Lord. And then He said, after magnify the Lord to me, He said, let us exalt His name together. Hallelujah. Could we give God a little bit of praise like this? Oh, God is so good, isn't he? God, oh, I thank you, Lord, for your goodness to me. Oh, praise God. Just a moment to change hats and, and uh, receive the offering. I know that you've prepared your heart to give. God is a good God. He's given to us. He asked us to give back to him and to his purpose, his cause, his kingdom, and so we should do that. Let him speak to your heart as you give. Our ushers coming now to wait upon you. Praise God. It's a good thing to be able to give. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, we love you for this time to be in your house. We thank you, Lord, for the spirit that we feel in this place. You are here to touch the need of every individual. And I believe that you will. And not just here where we sit, Lord, but those that watch uh, this telecast. And I ask you, God, that the need of every life be met. God, as we call out to you, you said you would hear us and you would answer. You said for us to knock and it would be open to us. And, Lord, as we seek, we shall find. Help us, Lord, to find God uh, and his answer and his help to our struggles. Uh, as David said, the Lord will deliver us out of all of our infirmities, all our troubles. Uh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Now, receive uh, and accept our love gift today because we love you. And we give cheerfully and we give, Lord, because we love you and your cause in Jesus' name, our prayer is today. Amen and amen. Give and worship. Days are getting dark. Life's a little hard. Blinding, but I'm trying not to lose sight. I don't got this. I know you got this. And I believe it before I see it. I know you're going to see me through it. If anybody can, you can do the trial in the cave, fire in the rain, you're gonna see me through it. 
I gonna call? The one who put it up there in the first place. Full scale attack, devil on my back, better lace him up and go put on my game face. I don't got this, I know you got this, yeah. And I believe it before I see it, yeah. I know you're gonna see me through it. If anybody can, you can.
Gretchen is killing it. Good job. Growing up way too fast. All right, good morning. It is time to receive prayer requests this morning. Brother Mike. Yes, let's pray for Josh, Brother Mike's friend, and his family. Sister Joyner. Pray for Sister Judy gets feeling better. If she is here, she's to say pray for her sister and her daughter. Amanda. I thought you. I'm sorry. I thought you said stalker. daughters daughter and son for the stalker yes ma'am Jennifer yes let's pray for sister Wiseman Brother Mike and sister Dean traveling to make home safe. Let's pray for Kim and Jason. That everything gets worked out for them. Rhonda. Pray for Rhonda's brother Tommy, his church. Yes. Anything? Okay, anything else? If not, raise hands for unspoken requests. Stand with me as we take these to the Lord, please.
myself uh, in, in my office so pff, you're not the only one dad who has a picture I have a picture of myself too and that Gretchen made me yeah <laughs> and uh, I have she's now that particular picture is holding a bouquet of flowers because if y'all did not know um, brother Shane he's he's out of the room right this second brother Shane and I got married for the fourth time <laughs> on Wednesday yes um so Gretchen and you know I love that song I lost it earlier but uh, Gretchen had a um, a thing at, at school and um, they were gonna have a mock wedding and um, for for one reason or another it didn't happen she called me last Tuesday and she said Aunt Jenny I need some wedding words and I said why is that and she said, because we're having a wedding at camp, and uh, I need to, she said, and I'm the preacher, and I, I need to know what words to say for people getting married. So after some discussion about the, the fact that when you're nine years old, you don't need to get married to somebody, we I gave her some wedding words. 
Like, how are they going to support one another? Where are they going to live? You know, uh, these are the questions that I ask because I'm practical like that. But, um, but she, <laughs> I, she wrote down the wedding words, and uh, didn't didn't quite pan out. So on Wednesday night, um, she asked if she could perform a wedding ceremony for us, and she did. And I'm just, I, you know, I, you can be anything the Lord calls you to be. Amen. Yes, um, absolutely anything. The Lord may call you to be president, or he may call you to, to pastor a church. I don't know. Or something, anything in between. You can be anything that God calls you to be. Um, so <laughs> I was just, I was like, wow. She volunteered. I said, what, did you get picked to be the preacher? Or did She's like, no, I, I said that I was going to be the preacher. <laughs> I'm like, you do it, girl. You do it. You represent so I'm just glad that um, <laughs> I'm just glad that we we can see and understand the potential that God has within us, and I hope that we all see that that each one of us has a purpose. That if you're breathing, you have a purpose, and you can accomplish it. And no matter how young or how old you are, you can accomplish anything that God has planned for you. So as we began our series last week, we talked about the that the worst of our sins may not be what we think. If you didn't listen last week, and you need to go back and check it out. And we saw in Revelation 21 last week that the, the fearful were the first to be mentioned. That we, uh, we sometimes look at these big, huge sins as big, huge sins. And we don't think about the fact that our fearfulness will keep us from witnessing. And will we'll keep other people, perhaps, from receiving Christ. We understood that the spirit of fear is not from God. That he didn't give us a spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. All those things that, that will accomplish within us the ability to reach souls. And that eternal life with God is available to all who are overcomers. So today we consider the idea that our past is not what we think. We're in this in series, uh, it's not what you think. So today, our, your past is not what you think. When you think of your old self... You may experience a couple different feelings. One may be nostalgia. We were going through Shane's yearbooks. I, did, I don't have any because um, I was homeschooled. Yay, homeschoolers. <coughs> but I, d I didn't have any, so we were going through Shane's and just looking at all the different people. And he remembered you know, a ton of people. I was, I was just calling out first names, and he was calling out last names. It was just, you know, you, you spend all this time with, with people years and years, and you just remember them. And uh, you may feel, as you look back in your past, you may feel nostalgia. And that, those, those longings, oh golly, it was so good back then, or, it, you know, <laughs> saw Rhonda a bunch of times. Yeah. <laughs> Sent her a couple pictures of herself. Um, or you may feel regret. Deep pain or shame. Some of the things like, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. But I hope that today we begin to see our past a little differently. We're going to be in Acts chapter 9. And we're going to look at the Apostle Paul. Some some positive or, or just generally neutral traits of Paul. Some of his accomplishments. He was born in Tarsus of Cilicia. That was the, the capital city of a Greek province. So uh, Tarsus, Cilicia, that was the, the capital. So he was living in a big city. 
uh, he was worldly wise, so he had been educated in, in Greek philosophy. He understood numerous languages. Some, some estimates say that he knew at least seven languages. And he was familiar with the, the, the Greek poets. He quotes from different philosophers throughout his writings. Uh, he was also a Hebrew of Hebrews. He was from the tribe of Benjamin, uh, named for the first king of Israel. His name, his Hebrew name was Saul. He was named for the first king of Israel, who was from the tribe of Benjamin as well. He was a Roman citizen we understand so he had all the rights that go along with being a Roman citizen uh, he studied under one of the greatest rabbis of his day who was Gamaliel we see Gamaliel a couple of times in uh, in the Bible he was learning he was arguing the, the word he was absorbed with the law of God he like his father had become a Pharisee this was an exclusive sect of leaders and teachers of the law. So he was fully devoted to the law of God and to knowing what the law of Moses said, the, the Torah. Um, he, he would have known everything about the, the Old Testament. And though he was young, some scholars believe he was born between 0 A.D. and 5 A.D., around the same time that Jesus was born. He was well known and respected by the high priest. We understand this because he, he spoke to the high priest, received uh, letters from the high priest. He was able to go to, directly to the high priest because he was known to him. He had commercial success as a tent maker. Um, every young boy was required to learn a trade at that time, so he chose one that would have been in demand by the travelers that were going through his capital city. So he, he learned, and he was successful, and he was... He was a brilliant person. But as we see in chapter 9 of Acts, verses 1 and 2 say, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. So he was a menace to the church. On the, on the bad side, he was a menace to the church. He was breathing out, this in the Greek means bent upon, threats and murder. He regularly sought out men and women who were believers. It's interesting that Luke makes mention of that, that he had no compassion uh, on gender sometimes women would have gotten a little more leniency just because of being a woman but he didn't care one way or the other he was against anyone who was a member of this way this new belief in Jesus he arrested them and he tried to force them to deny their faith in Christ he had anger and rage issues if you if you want some scriptural backing in chapter 26 and verse 11 of Acts. You don't have to turn there, but if you want to, to look at it later. He had rage issues. He had anger issues. 
He watched and approved the torture and murder of Christian believers. In the chapter previous to this, chapter 8, he was standing by as Philip, the first Christian martyr, was being stoned to death, and it said that he allowed them to, he held their coats as they were throwing stones at Philip. He was approving, he was watching what they were doing, and he was glad that they were killing Christians. But then, verses 3 through 9 say, And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth. And when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But he led him by the hand, and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight. And neither did eat or drink. So as Saul was traveling to Damascus with these uh, letters from the high priest to seek out and arrest the followers of Jesus, he has this experience. He was, from all, from all that we know, he was walking. It doesn't say anything about him falling off a horse. I know that's kind of a, you know, in, in our minds we think, oh, he, he saw this light and fell off his horse. But he was walking from Jerusalem to Damascus, which was between 150 and 200 miles. So it took them days and days to get there. And as he's walking on this road, perhaps becoming more and more angry, because again, he has these anger issues. He's becoming more and more angry, more and more determined, and thinking, I, I cannot wait to find these people. I can't wait to seek them out and see where they're hiding. I can't wait to look for people who are followers of this man, Jesus, and I'm going to arrest them, and I'm going to, I'm going to be so satisfied that they are going to be imprisoned or deny Christ, or that they're going to, uh, they're going to possibly even die. And I can just imagine him getting very, just getting more and more filled with rage and anger. And as he's walking along and he's getting closer and closer to Damascus and he's enveloped in light. And he heard this disembodied voice. Saul? Saul? You can't see anything. This, this name Saul means desired. Desired one desired one why are you persecuting me um the blinding light and the power of the speaker cause him to fall in the middle of the road midday he talks about that in an, as he's giving his testimony later on in in acts that it was midday it was around noon and possibly people around him could see him could see what was going on that he just fell in the middle of the road 
and he's talking to who knows what, looking around like, what's going on here? Looking crazy, hearing God's voice. And Jesus introduced himself to Saul. I'm Jesus that you've been persecuting. This whole time, it's been me. Because he feels what we feel. That even though it was men and women who were believers in Christ, it was Christ himself who was being persecuted because he feels what we feel. And when we're hurting, he hurts. And when we are are abused and disowned, he feels that as well. So it's really and truly Jesus who is being persecuted. And Jesus tells Saul, it's been tough for you to kick against the pricks. Here Jesus is referring to a goad that is used to keep an ox motivated. This idea is that that an ox is plowing a field and he doesn't want to do it anymore, so the farmer or the master has to poke him with a goad. And of course the, the ox, the natural reaction when you're poked is to kick. And he said, it, it's of no use to you to kick against this goad because it just gonna, I'm just going to keep poking you. <laughs> I'm just going to keep goading you. I'm just going to keep needling you until you surrender. <sighs> the master would poke so that the ox would move in the direction that he wanted him to. Ox would kick, but it, it was of no use. You're yoked up. You're going to go where I tell you to go. And this encounter was enough to call Saul to surrender at last. Blinded by the light, he was led to the home of a man named Judas. He was taken by his companions who, who had seen the, the light, had heard something, but did not have the same experience because some words are just for us. Sometimes people aren't going to understand the experience that you're going through because it's just for you. And that's okay. Sometimes the, the people around you are going to wonder, why are you changing? Why are you acting like this? <laughs> we were on a mission. We had a purpose. We were going to go in here and we were going to arrest people. We were going to look for those who were following Jesus. And what are you doing? Who are you talking to? Because again, that, that vision was not theirs. <laughs> It was not for them. It was directly for Paul. So they they take him to this uh, place of the on the street called Straight, the home of a man named Judas. And we see in verses 10 through 18. And there was a man, excuse me, and there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I'm here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. And hath seen a vision, a man named Ananias coming in, and putting his hand on him, that he might receive his sight. And Ananias answered, Lord, I, I've heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. 
But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is my chosen vessel unto me, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, hath sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales and he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. So as Paul was led to this house, Paul and Saul were using these interchangeably. Again, Saul was his Hebrew name. Paul was his Roman name. He later adopted his Roman name so that he could be uh, a witness to the Gentiles because that who is, was who he was called to specifically. So he began to use uh, a name that they would identify more with. So as he was led to this house of, of Judas, he's there, he can't see. And he's led to a room, and he begins to pray. Now, his entire life, he had been devoted to one way. He had been devoted to the law of Moses, to learning what all the different laws were, the things that Yahweh had said to his people. He had learned that his entire life, had studied, again, under one of the greatest teachers of that time. And so he sat there and he began to pray. And we don't know what he prayed. And we, don't, we can imagine. But, but he sat there blind, refusing to eat or drink, just praying. And he began to see visions, we're told. He began to see visions of someone coming to heal him, to lay his hands on him and heal him. And he began to see visions of all the things that he would do for the Lord but also all the things that he would suffer. But while this was going on with Saul, the Lord was working on Saul's behalf in another part of town. A certain disciple named Ananias, meaning Yahweh has graciously given. So it was, it was only by God's grace that Ananias was sent to, to Paul. So he received a vision Ananias, yes, Lord, I'm here. And this, and and the Lord said to him, "Hey, um, I want you to go help Saul." Now we remember that Saul had come to town with the intent of finding people like Ananias to arrest, to imprison, and to murder. And the Lord says to Ananias, "Go to Straight Street." And this was an actual street that ran through the center of the city of Damascus. There were, there were side streets, but the main, it was like Broad Street or Main Street. That was the, the main uh, thoroughfare through the city of Damascus. So he said, go to, to Main Street, and you're going to find a house of a man named Judas, and you're going to go to his house. You're going to ask for Paul or Saul, and you're going to go in and you're going to heal him. Ah. <sighs> Because he's had a vision of you. And see, he's going to know. He's gonna, it's going to be confirmed to him that what all I'm saying to him is correct and true because you're going to obey and go heal him. Because sometimes our obedience is confirmation 
to other people because like some visions are, are not our visions <laughs> sometimes people are asking for some hey, Lord show me a sign Lord help me the, the people who would be most unlikely or the situation that would be most unlikely to happen let that happen and then I'll know for sure it's you so what would be super duper unlikely to happen well a Christian who was under threat of being killed by, by Paul would come to Paul and heal him on purpose well, that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty good indication that what God is saying was true. So Ananias reacted the way that all faithful believers would. I've heard of him, so no thank you, Lord. I've I've heard of this guy and I don't really want to go talk to him. Thanks. I'd like to stay hidden. I, I don't want to talk to that person, Lord. I, I don't want to minister to them I don't want to go speak to that person I don't think that they're going to receive what I have to say it's not in here it's not in here I can just imagine it happening and the Lord replies to Ananias I know who he has been but I also know who he's going to be a divinely selected vessel to carry the name of Christ to Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. So God revealed to Ananias a part of his vision, his purpose for Saul. This man is going to stand before kings and witness. This man has the, the pedigree. This man has the education. This man has the ability to stand up before the greatest of all and proclaim who I am. I'm preparing him for something. The Lord had been showing Saul all these different things that he would have to suffer, the things that he would have to go through. He had been receiving this vision from the Lord that his future would be filled with persecution. <laughs> Can you imagine? I'm, I'm here blind. I'm fasting, so I'm hungry and thirsty. And all I keep receiving is, you're going to be shipwrecked. And you're going to be beaten and left for dead. You're going to be stoned and dragged out of places. And you're going to have to escape in the middle of the night. <laughs> I'm hearing all these things and thinking, Lord, are you, are you sure? I don't, I don't know if I really want to do this. But after the Lord reassured him, Ananias went to find Saul, and he laid hands on him, as Saul's vision had showed, a confirmation again of all that the Lord had shown him. And, and he called him Brother Saul. Now this is the only time that I could find within the New Testament that someone was referred to by that title that it wasn't a, a relative. It was uh, John's brother James or Jesus' brothers or something like that. It's the same word, but this is the first time that we see this being used as a, a handle to somebody's name. Just like we call each other brother or sister. So Ananias comes in and he said, No matter who you've been before, I trust that what God is doing in you is real. So brother Saul, receive your sight. This is a sign of familial love. Because 
God makes my enemies to be at peace with me. He's coming before this person who has the power, who has the letters, the authority to kill him, and he calls him brother because that's the kind of thing that God does. And he, he was sent, Ananias was sent as a conduit of healing and of baptism in the Holy Spirit because immediately he was filled with the Spirit. He was filled with the power to be a witness. And Saul had a new vision, a new way of seeing the world. He arose, he was baptized. We assume that he was baptized by Ananias since Ananias was the one there with him. And it says that immediately he was baptized. So the, the scales fell from his eyes. Whatever had been hindering his vision before was gone. And he received sight. In verses 19 through 22 it says, And when he received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus. Again, he was planning to kill these people. And here he is spending time with them. And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues. <laughs> he preached Christ in the synagogues. Okay, we're, again, let's acknowledge how amazing that is. Because Christ, to Old Testament believers, he was the, the Messiah, Christ, we think of Christ as Jesus. We know that that's who it is. But to say that he preached Christ in the synagogues was to say that Paul himself was proclaiming Christ has come. The Messiah that we've been waiting for for thousands and thousands of years. I know who he is and I'm going to tell you who he is. It was Jesus. So for us to see that he preached Christ in the synagogues, it's not that big a deal. Okay, he's talking about Jesus in church. No, no, no. He's saying to a, a group of Jewish believers who had been praying for thousands of years, Lord, send the Messiah, send the person who is going to deliver us from the, the rule and reign of all our oppressors. Lord, send that person. And Paul stood up and said, I know who he is. I'm going to tell you who he is. It's Jesus. But all that heard him were amazed and said, Is not this he that destroyed them which called on his name on this name in Jerusalem and came hither for that intent that he might bring them bound unto the chief priests? But Saul increased the more in strength and confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is very Christ. So they welcomed Saul, and everyone was astounded by his transformation. And Saul used his knowledge to prove that Jesus is Christ. He looked back at all that he had learned previously and thought, well, that lines up, and that makes sense. And now I see, and now I understand. So just like, just like Saul, we say, who are you and what should I do? We come before God. Who are you, Lord, and what would you have me do? We may not all experience a, a change in such a dramatic fashion that Paul did. For some of us who have been living close to the church, it was kind of second nature to follow Jesus. Yeah, it makes sense. We grew up in the church. 
just second nature. Like, yeah, of course I'm going to church. Of course I'm going to go to Bible study. Of course I'm going to read my Bible and pray. Yes, of course, it's normal. Of course, that's, that's who I am. I've, I've always known that. But we should develop the zeal, regardless of how dramatic or, or, or simple it was for us to begin following Christ. We should all develop the zeal that Paul had. Even knowing in advance all that he would suffer, he chose to follow God wholeheartedly because he looked at his past and said, this is nothing compared to what God has for me. When we examine the story of Paul, we, we see a few things. Number one, God's plan for me did not end with my last bad decision. The Lord had been pursuing Paul. We do not know how long that God had been speaking to Paul's heart. Now, we know that even before Paul was born, I'm, I'm sure of it because that's how God works. Even before Paul was born, God knew, hey, there's going to come a man, and I'm going to choose him, and he's going to be a, a deliverer of the gospel to Gentiles all over the world. But we don't know how long it had been that the Lord had been speaking to Paul's heart. But Jesus indicated that he had been resisting the pursuit. That Jesus had been poking at him for a while. And Paul kept saying, nope, 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 kicking against the goads. That it had been weighing on Paul's heart in one way or another. And sometimes that's, that's the reason for our anger. I know I ought to be doing something different, but I don't want to. And it creates this anger within us. So maybe that was the, the reason for Paul's anger issues. We don't know, but we should never allow the enemy to convince us that we've been too bad or done too much or strayed too far to be able to come to God. Because it's just not true. When Paul calls himself the chief of all sinners, you have to think, he, we see him as this great and mighty man, but he was a murderer. And he says, I was the chief of all sinners. But God had mercy on me, and, and he loved me, and he chose me. So there is nothing that is too bad. There is nothing that we have done that God will not receive us if we'll come to him. If you are breathing, you have a purpose. It's time to stop running. If God is pursuing you, stop. Listen. Accept Him. The second thing we see is that the things I now, the things that I hated, I now love, and the things I loved, I now hate. <laughs> In a practical sense, Paul went from being an enemy of Christian believers to love and fellowship with them. We see this happening within this chapter. So in, in a very practical sense, this occurred within a couple of days. But in a spiritual sense, imagine what must have been going through Paul's mind. As he's sitting there alone for three days, blind, nothing but his thoughts, Regret for all the people he had tortured. Regret and shame. Thinking about those people that were calling on the name of Jesus as he was watching them be stoned or 
watching them be tortured in one way or another, just imagining all the things he had done. I can't believe I did this. I can't believe I did this. How, how wrong I have been. How badly I got this wrong. And just to be alone with his, with his thoughts. To think, I, I can't believe this. I can't believe how, how much I messed up. And in, in Romans chapter, you don't have to turn there, but if, you're, if you want to write it down. In Romans chapter 6, verse 21, later on, Paul, Paul says to them, What fruit had ye then in those things whereof you're now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. How can I look back at, at what I've done and, and be proud of it? Because the end of those things is death. What fruit do I have to show for what I've done? The ways that I've hurt people. The ways that I've hurt myself. I'm, I'm just ashamed when I think back on those things. For those of us who have had less dramatic stories... And I was going to church, listening to Christian music, being a part of God's family seems normal. But some may feel surprised to have such a change of affection. Uh, and I, I use Shane as an example all the time, but you know, sometimes we're who you know will do, be doing whatever, and um, he'll, he'll look over at me. He's like, you know, years ago this is not what I've been would have been doing on a Friday night. <laughs> Or listen, he's or he'll uh, will be listening, K Love, or the message because he has satellite radio, uh, and and he'll say, you know, I used to, I used to wonder. You know, Thirteen years ago, when I first came to the Lord, I used to think I'd never give up my country. Not that you actually, okay, this is not saying that you have to give up country music, especially in the summertime, like you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> that's a whole other subject, but. I never thought I'd give up my country music. I, you know, I used to, I would turn it every once in a while to, to K-Love, and I'd think, I don't know if I can get used to listening to this all the time. But for the most part, that's, that's, those are the first three stations on this uh, radio. Because there's a change that occurs. There's a change that you don't even realize, that you don't recognize. And, and some things are instantly changed, certainly, but then some things are, are slower and more gradual. And you look back and you think, I can't believe I used to enjoy that. I can't believe that, that that's who I used to be. Because the things that I, I now love, I used to think, oh, how, how cheesy and how silly and how, how goofy that, you know, that's just dumb. But now I love them, and how could I live without them? Hallelujah. That's the change that, that Jesus makes from our past to our present. And then the third thing, my past looks different after Jesus. For Paul, who had been raised with Greek, Roman, and Jewish influence, when he looked back over that, maybe he realized that he had been raised with these three different cultures so that he could minister to all people. He said, I, became, I can become all things to all people. Not that he's being fake or two-faced, but he's saying, I understand 
how people in this type of culture do things, how they communicate, the things that make them tick, the things that they understand. And if I'm over here with these people, I understand how to minister to them because I've been there. So he looks back over his life, over the things that he's been through and experienced, and he can say, I was in that situation so that I could now be in this situation. He knew so many languages so that he could minister to Gentiles. That was what he was called to. He tried to minister to Jews for a while, and they wouldn't receive anything from him, so he said, all right, fine. Well, I'll shake the dust off my feet from this place, and from now on, I'm preaching to the Gentiles. So he was able to speak their language, literally and figuratively. He was also able to speak all these different languages, be well-versed in, in all this type of knowledge, because he wrote half, more than half, of our New Testament. Well-educated. He was so zealous for knowledge so that he could show proof of who Jesus really is to any skeptic. If it was a Jewish skeptic, he could say, I've been there. I know what you're thinking, but let me show you through Scripture how this is true. And to any Gentile skeptic, I know how your mind works. Let me prove to you that Jesus is the true God. When you look back, I encourage you to take inventory. This is why I took that path. This is the reason that that didn't work out. This was not a setback, but a divine appointment because God knows the plans that he has for me. The way that this happened, I was disappointed because that didn't happen or because this did happen. But, but when I look back at it now, I see if I had gone that way, I would have ended up in a very different place. Good or bad, I would have ended up in a very different place. But this right here, this is the reason. My past looks different when I look through the lens of Jesus. When I look through, oh, God had a purpose. God had a reason that that didn't work out. Your worst tragedies, your biggest mistakes, things didn't go according to your plan. Please change your perspective about these things. Because God used them to bring you to this moment. And if you're not in that moment yet, God is using what you're in right now to bring you to an expected end. And before we move on, I want to mention Ananias. Because maybe you're like Ananias. He's only mentioned twice in the Bible. This is not the same Ananias as Ananias and Sapphira. But this particular Ananias is only mentioned twice, once in this situation and once when Paul was telling the story again in front of some leaders. And so he would seem like a minor character. And maybe you feel that way. Lord, I've, I've never done anything really big for you. I don't feel like I've done anything great and mighty. It's so spectacular. God, I'm not Paul. Never going to be Paul. I don't speak seven languages, and I'm never going to speak in front of kings to proclaim your, your greatness. But God ordained for him to be the one to heal Paul. 
for him to be the one to welcome Paul into fellowship. For him to be the one to come before Paul and call him Brother Saul. To baptize Paul into Christian faith. He was brave and obedient. And if he had not been, then what would have happened? God would have had to send someone else. So maybe our story is not going to be this huge, enormous story. And that's okay as long as we're brave and obedient. So many people want a Paul calling, a Paul anointing, a Paul ministry. But maybe we're called to an Ananias anointing. Uh, a Lord, I'll, I'll go even though I'm nervous. I'll step out even though I'm afraid. That God, if, if I know that you're calling me to this, I'm going to go. A person to show compassion and love and mercy and grace to those people who really don't deserve it. Maybe that's my anointing. Is to go before someone who has the potential to hurt me. And say, in Jesus name be healed. Maybe that's my anointing. So again, looking at whatever your, whatever lens you're looking through. I, I encourage you to look through the lens of Jesus. That. There, there was only one Paul. There's only one you. So no matter how big or small you think your, your role is, it's important because God's called you to it. So I hope that we can take a new look at our past, not with longing, <laughs> because there is no fruit in those things of which we are ashamed. But also with less regret, perhaps, because it brought us to this point because God used it to be a help to those who were in our sphere of influence. If I hadn't been through that, then I wouldn't be able to help this person. If I hadn't gone through that, then I wouldn't be in this, in this place right here. And even though it felt bad, and even though it felt like rock bottom, God used it. So the correct way to think about our past is to understand that God's plan for you did not end with your last bad decision. To embrace the idea that the things I hated I now love and the things that I loved I now hate and to know that your past looks different after Jesus. As the music plays, um, if you're here, you're watching, and any struggles that you've had, that, th that the enemy has been giving you condemnation or shame about the things that you've done or the the things that you've been put through there is no shame or condemnation because the Lord has a plan and a purpose um, if you're if you're watching and you've never received Christ if you're here and you haven't received Christ and then, then know that he is he is here today to receive and to change your life and to change your past and make it look so much better, so much different. So whatever you need from the Lord today, you can receive as we go to Him in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank You. I thank You that 
I thank you that for myself personally, you, you allowed me to grow up in your house. That you put me in a place that I was taught from the womb about your love and your goodness. I thank you that I was put into a family that was, that was in church and that was serving you and loving you and that taught me from, from so, so young how to receive you and how to know you. I thank you, God, that that's my testimony, and I'm, I'm grateful to you for that. For those here or those watching that that's not their testimony, that there are things in their life that they look back on and they say, God, why? Why did I do that? That the enemy has convinced them that, that they should be ashamed. I just pray that you would break that bondage of shame right now. Because every single thing, every single thing, no matter how bad or how awful, led to the place of surrender to you. So God, we're grateful to those times, God, that, that you kept us alive when we should have died, that you kept us from, from hurting ourselves or hurting other people when we were in a position that, that we really would have. Or God, we're thankful for those times that you brought us to rock bottom, that we were kicking against the goads kicking against the, the prodding of the Holy Spirit that you still kept going, that you still kept pricking our hearts, that you still kept speaking to us and saying, I want you, I want you, I want you. I have a purpose for you. You are my desired one. And God, for anyone who has, has strayed, who has once known your love and your salvation and has not felt that in a while, God, I just ask that you would bring about a deliverance today. That there is nothing that we've done that can keep us away from you. There's nothing that we've done that would make you turn us away and push us aside. There is nothing. So God, I pray that you would begin to prick hearts even now. God, goad us to surrender. Father, I ask that you would help us to to see and understand that your plan for us didn't end with our last bad decision that oh I've messed up so bad and God can't receive me that's not true not at all God I pray that you would put within our hearts a love for things that we used to hate God for the, the fellowship of believers and for the, the going to church and, and receiving your word and reading and praying, God, I just pray that you would give us a love for that that we've never had before. God, more so than we've ever had and experienced. And God, I pray that you would help us to see that our past looks different after you. That when I look through the lens of what Jesus did, I see why. I see how those things can be good. That those things that the enemy meant for evil, God, that you turn them around. And even the things that are, I'm going through right now, that they may look like they're awful, those things that the enemy is meaning to attack and to bring discouragement, that in Jesus' name they be turned around. That in the future I can look back and say, Jesus took a hold of that. 
He made something grow and good and beautiful out of that. God, help us to see that. Change our minds about the past, God. God, I pray that you would work in each of us. God, if we have a Paul anointing, that we're going to go to nations or we're going to speak to kings. We're going to be big and showy in your in your kingdom if that's the plan and the purpose that you have for us. And in Jesus' name, allow it to happen and help us to not be ashamed of the light because we let our light shine before men that they can see you. But God, if there are people who have an Ananias anointing, I pray that they not be ashamed of that and they not feel less than. God, if that's my anointing, help me to follow that path. God, to show love and compassion to those who don't deserve it. God, to show your goodness, to bring about healing where people are hurting. To be obedient to your word, to hear from you. God, we just ask your will be done in each and every life. We just trust that you're doing things in hearts right now. That people are receiving from you. We trust that, God. That if they're here, if they're watching, that they're receiving from you. God, that you you show us the plan. You show us the purpose. God, that you open our eyes. That you let the scales fall from our eyes to go forth and be productive for you. God, we thank you. We give you glory and honor and praise for all that you do and all that you are. You are worthy of praise. Thank you, God. Gracious to you, and may he give you his peace in Jesus' name. 